Hey mamas, welcome back. I have a special episode for you today because today is our very first guest episode and you're going to be hearing from Jade Van Gelderen. She's a certified holistic nutritionist and she specializes in pre and postnatal nutrition and fitness. You guys, it's a cool conversation because we actually just hooked up and, and met on Instagram and clicked a little bit and she liked, we liked each other's content and I thought, you know what, I've been really wanting to have someone like her on the show and it might have sort of also been for my benefit because <laughs> I am in this world right now preparing my body for baby. So we dig in how to prepare your body for pregnancy, the do's and the don'ts, the kind of quirky nuances of being pregnant, the cravings, the aversions, those those of you who can't eat a thing because you're sick, we go through it all. It's a great conversation. It's a lot of fun. I think you'll love her. She's from Alberta, Canada. I feel like I should mention that. And she's pregnant right now herself, so she's totally in it. She's got the best accent. I think you guys are going to love it if you love it. If you're loving the podcast, can you please take two seconds and go leave me a review? It can be a quick five star. You can write me one and tell me how much you love it, what topics you're loving, some of your favorite episodes, whatever your heart wants to spill out. I want to hear it. Those of you who have already left me a review and taken that time, please know that it means the world to me. And it's so helpful just to know what you're loving and what things you guys want to hear more of. And it just validates this very podcast and just validates what we're doing here. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right, I'll stop being gushy. <laughs> Here's Jade. Welcome back to the Mama Inspired Podcast. Whether you're struggling to become the mama you've always known you're meant to be, or you're holding that miracle in your arms, hear me now when I tell you that you are not alone, and that on the other side of this hard, a brand new life awaits you. Hey lady, I'm Sarah Wayne Scott. I'm here to encourage a more enlightened, compassionate, and empowered mom collective. I believe that through guru guidance, stories from mamas just like you, and a whole lot of momspiration for me, we can begin to make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. So swap out the breast pad, wipe off the barf. <laughs> it's mama time. Well, welcome to the Mom Inspired Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm like super pumped to learn some stuff today and <laughs> I, this is like one of my very favorite subjects and it's fun to talk with somebody else who enjoys it and geeks out on it as much as I do. So why don't you start by telling everybody, introducing yourself and tell everybody who you are and a little bit about how you got started it into what you're doing now. So my name is Jade. I'm the owner of Happy Pineapple Nutrition. Um, I'm a certified holistic nutritionist specializing in pre and postnatal nutrition the reason I got started is I grew up knowing nothing about nutrition. Processed foods were an absolute staple in my diet. Um, I always had stomach aches. I always, I um, actually suffered from hypoglycemia, which is a blood sugar instability. So like the word hangry was me to a T. If I didn't eat every two hours, my blood sugar would drop and I would feel like nauseous and sick. So, but I did correct all that just with prep reading, nothing too strict or crazy, just, just corrected it myself, I guess. After high school, I actually started working for a naturopathic doctor here in Calgary. Uh, and that's when I 
that's when I learned um, the importance of a healthy diet and how much it actually means. Um, and that's kind of when I decided that this is what I wanted to do as a career. And then I took my nutrition course. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we can't forget an important piece of information here that you are 35 weeks ish pregnant. Yep. Yeah? Well, I'll be 36 on Monday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So not only is this something that you, I mean, you're getting to live it right now. You're getting to like really experience it in its yeah, entirety. 100%. Yeah. 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 Before I knew, I love pregnant women. And before I knew that's who I like my ideal client wanted to be, but I didn't really feel comfortable giving recommendations if I hadn't experienced it myself. Um, but now that I've almost lived it all. <laughs> I can yeah. say what's worked for me and what hasn't. Um, yeah. So I can speak from experience, which makes it kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, well, let me start by saying this. How, how familiar are you with like the United States healthcare, America's health healthcare system and how we treat? Um, all I know is that you guys don't get that much mat leave. <laughs> like we get a year. What? Or 18 months. Yeah. We, we get to choose. So you either get 12 months or you get 18 months. Um, it's the same amount of money from the government, but you get, so what is it in the States? Six to 10 weeks. Yeah. That's insane. Isn't it? It's honestly, is one of our, it's, uh, it's something that saddens me very much. Yeah. Paternity leave is even worse. You know, but most, a lot, there's a lot of guys who don't get paternity leave at all. They just have yeah. to take their own, their own time. What is it? What's, what's paternity leave there? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause my husband owns his own company. So yeah. <laughs> he just will take, take it if he like when he wants to. Sure. Um, but I think it's split up between the two. So like maybe if you could take six months and the dad could take six months, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause I haven't uh -huh. looked into it, but I know that. Yeah. Like. We yeah, definitely have it a lot better. <laughs> That's incredible for sure. Let me ask you, um, do you, when you are pregnant, are you through, through the healthcare system, are you given a nutri like a prenatal nutritionist in your you care aren't? or is that something you choose? Okay. You choose. Yeah. Um, I believe they can give you one, um, if there's issues. So if you aren't gaining enough weight or if you're gaining an excessive amount of weight, but then you're given a dietitian and they go off the Canada food guide. It's not like a holistic whole food approach, which is what my program exclusively taught me. Sure. Um, but I think, but like in all my prenatal appointments, they haven't even mentioned nutrition. Yeah. So yeah. I like, I know about it, but it's, it's definitely eye opening cause they, but it's, that's, it's like holistic. And then there's the medical side of things where doctors aren't really trained. Like, they don't really learn about that. So yeah. But yeah, I'm, I was actually astonished. I have, they haven't asked me one thing about nutrition or like even they haven't told me what I can and can't eat. They gave me a huge book, but it, it's like 400 pages and like there's a bit of nutrition on it. So yeah, it's not really. Wow. Is the book like lacking. more like birth centered, like labor birth centered or what? Um, it's so it, there's different stages of it. There's parts, um, of it that says like what's happening to baby in this stage sure. and stuff like that. And then what to expect okay. here and then labor and delivery and all that. But yeah, nutrition is like 
I don't know. Well, that's kind of cool. Literally, we're given a, like a three-page pamphlet that says you can't eat brie, you can't eat these type of mercury-filled fish, you know, you should not take Tylenol. Like, that's pretty much the the, yeah. the um, max of what we're, we're offered, unless you see yeah, care outside. Yeah. yeah. What is your, so we, we keep throwing the word holistic around and obviously I know what that means. And I think a lot of the, the, the listeners do, but it is definitely at least a very trendy word like right now. So what to to you, what is, what does holistic mean? Um, kind of like a whole food nutrient dense diet. So foods in their natural forms, less processed foods. Um, so like fruits and vegetables, dairy products, meat products, all that, but more so in their natural non-packaged state, um, that are full of nutrients. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, do you, do you, well, let me ask you this, your clients are, are most of them coming to you with like a weight gaining issue or are they having trouble like eating because they're um, like sick all the time or is there a specific issue they're coming to you with or are they coming because they just genuinely, you know, want to, to, you know, be the best vehicle possible for their baby and want to improve? Um, I see both. So I see women that are just wanting to give their baby the best, the best nutrients possible and make sure they're eating what they, what they should be and what they aren't. Um, But then there's also like the more specific ones, people with gestational diabetes um, or that are super nauseous and they're like, I literally don't know what to do because I can't eat anything. So yeah, I see a bit of both. Yeah. I wanted to touch on both of those. So it's in, so it's interesting. My, I've always been very aware of gestational diabetes. I know that I've had family members that have dealt with that and even friends, you know, it was just something that I was very aware of. And I knew that I was myself at risk for, um, once I got pregnant yeah. and before kind of, I was one of those people that I was preparing like two years ahead of time to get pregnant, you know, it was, um, just cause I love it so much. And, uh, you know, and probably like the first, like the six months leading up to it, I started making some tweaks in my diet because I wanted to ensure that I wasn't, you know, I, I was going to definitely be way below that curve of any possibility of getting gestational diabetes. So I do want to touch on that. Do you, do you talk with your women at all about kind of like preparing for pregnancy, steering away from that? Or is it mostly kind of like the reactive, like let's change, let's change the the diet right now. And these are the things that you, that you're going to do. No, I actually prefer to like prep for pregnancy because most of the baby's organs are actually developed or starting to develop before you find out you're pregnant. Yeah. Um, so if, like there's obviously women who get pregnant and then they're like, oh shoot, I'm pregnant. I should start taking my prenatal or start cleaning that yeah. up. And that's totally fine. It's never too late, but it's, I was like you, I was prepping. I was taking, I think I took my prenatals for, I think two years before because I was waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I definitely prefer to prep. Um, and then all your nutrient stores are there. So then your, your body doesn't have a chance. Well, it still could, but of yeah. being depleted as soon as you do get pregnant. Cause your, your baby will, even if you don't have it, the baby will take the stores. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, what are, so what are the guidelines? How, how are you approaching a woman who is, let's just go ahead and say who is maybe borderline or is trying to correct gestational diabetes with food? Um, so if they have like a family history or if they've had it before, then, um, I would just make sure we increase their protein and, um, just take a look at their carbs. Carbs are still, carbs are always given a bad rap. Everyone's like, don't eat carbs. There's carbs in fruits and vegetables and like sweet potatoes and quinoa. 
yes, maybe don't eat a white pasta, but there's always different things. So just kind of looking at the carbs and seeing what they're eating. Um, and then if we wanted to go as far as seeing what foods did increase their blood, um, blood sugars, then we could do that. But generally kind of just keeping an eye out and seeing what they are eating. If they're generally eating um, a whole food nutrient dense diet with fruits and vegetables and whole grains in their natural form, then generally you should be okay. Of course, there's those ones that eat everything to a T and then you're just, you still get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just your body's. Yeah. Um, a lot of it yeah. has to do with pairing, right? Like, so you're pairing. Yes. Um, if you're going to have something that's something that's fatty or potentially a carb, you want to ensure that it's like, you know, we pair it with fiber, right? Or protein. Yeah. hundred percent. Like if you have an apple, um, don't just eat an apple by itself. Cause then that could raise your blood pressure or blood sugar. So have some nut butter or like cheese and nuts and stuff like that. So yeah, it's all about pairing it with the proper food. And I remember too, timing being an issue. So like really making sure like you're not what you're eating before bed and maybe how many hours before you're going to sleep. Right. Yeah. And it all depends with how you're feeling. Cause, um, I know in the first trimester for me, um, I was, didn't, wasn't really sick, but I felt nauseous if I didn't eat. Yeah. So I would always eat carbs before dinner or yeah. I mean, before bed. Yeah. And then I would literally have like baby cookies beside my bed. And that'd be the first thing <laughs> that I had would eat before I even got up or I'd feel so sick. Yeah. So it's all kind of like a trial and error thing. And sure. But yeah. Sure. You know, what I, so you know, they do, I don't know how they do it there, but they do the, the blood sugar testing here, right. To, to check you, to check your blood sugar levels, to see if you're at risk or if you're like leaning into gestational IVs and one of them, and I'm going to forget the name. I wish I would look this up before I got on here, but it's going to escape me. It's like the super sugary juice that they have you drink. It's like a syrup and it's, it spikes your blood sugar. Right. And I think they just go back and they, they tell how, what kind of what effects it had and how, how, how extreme they are. Yeah. So that's what, that's what they do here. Okay. I don't I know what the think, thing is called. I can't yeah. I can't think of any of the tests. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, to each their own, but I, yeah. that stuff is filled with poison. And I just thought, I do not want to like, yeah. I just don't want to ingest that stuff. And so I asked for other options. What I ended up doing was I, I ended up getting a little, the little computer to, to prick my finger and text my blood sugar every day with the test strips. And I yeah. did that for two weeks and I actually found it incredibly insightful because it just helped mm-hmm. me understand how my body was reacting to different foods and, you know, at different times in the day. And I like, there's been times while I haven't been pregnant, but I thought, I think I want to do that just so I can like see things again, because, you know, so much changes after you have a baby and like literally everything changes in your body. And, uh, you're, if you had curly hair, you have straight hair and anyway. Um, so I thought that would be so much, so, so cool to do that when I'm out of pregnancy, but I don't know. I thought that was something that was just really, really helpful. And just, it's, I think it's good to understand how your body operates. And we, even though there is a, a good guideline, right. Especially if we're talking holistic mm-hmm. foods, there's really not, if you're sticking within that, there's not a whole, there's not a whole lot that can go wrong. However, we all respond a little bit differently to different types of foods. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know. I just thought that was really, really kind of cool to try. So I would encourage anybody to at least go down that route. It doesn't, doesn't hurt. You know, you've had your, no, your that's interesting. Pricked. I didn't even know we had, like, I didn't know we had the option because I did the drink and it, it, t- it was gross. Yeah. I felt fine, but they're like, oh, you might feel sick and no, no, no. But, but I didn't know there was an option to, that's interesting though. 
So. Yeah, you know, I think that um, they had they had like these they suggested maybe even gummy bears, and I was like, well, that's not the point. Like, I don't, I just don't like. Yeah. I'd rather just. Um, but but again, I kind of just took it as an opportunity just to kind of learn a little bit about my body. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> now we that's know good though. <laughs> so that's what good, is, you have to be your own advocate. Yes. No. Absolutely. What are your, when you're sitting down with a woman, if she's not concerned about just additional disease, just general guidance, if you're sitting down with a mama who's preparing for preparing to get pregnant, what, what, are, what do you tell her? Um, well, I take a three-step approach. So I don't think it's all nutrition, like everything, I think everything in moderation. So my first step would be nourishing your body with proper nutrients, um, go over what they're eating now, and then make a few tweaks or whatever. Um, the second step would be move your body daily. If you're not, that doesn't mean go to the gym for two hours and lift an obscene amount of weights, um, going for half an hour walk or whatever, just moving your body daily. Cause it's insane what it can do for your, even your mental health. Um, and then the third is stress management. And I can't stress that enough because especially if you're trying to get pregnant, every woman knows that you get in this mindset of, Oh, I'm not pregnant this month. What's wrong with me? Or the two week wait, and it consumes you, and it's yeah. it sucks. Yeah. But it's hard on your relationship. So stress management is one of the biggest things. Um, we actually, when I got pregnant this time, um, I got sent home because of COVID, um, and the biggest stressor in my life then was work. And two weeks later, I got pregnant. So it's insane how how yeah. like stress affects you. You don't think you do. And like, you don't think it does, but, and stress can manifest in many ways. It could be for me, I get really overwhelmed and irritable. Some people can get tired. They can have headaches, stuff like that. So it's stress is a huge thing as well. Okay. It's not all just focused on nutrition. Yeah, sure. That makes total sense. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's an opportunity really for you to start nurturing yourself. I think once you start getting to that point, it's like, Go ahead and start getting in that mindset before you're even pregnant. Cause you're right. Mm-hmm. All of those things have major effects. I have been learning so much about just kind of energy and really taking it, you know, obviously we we're having, we've had a couple of miscarriages. And so I've really been looking internally at, okay, where are my imbalances here? And what do I need to do maybe different than I, than I did before I was working out super high intensity. And, and, um, the more I really reflect on how my body was feeling and, how I felt after workouts or how I felt after meals or waking up and going to bed. I see, I look back and I see that I was really tired. So, you know, I think you just have to really get to a place where you're nurturing yourself, but being incredibly mindful about how you are feeling. And mm-hmm. you really can't do that unless you ask yourself those questions and like literally on the daily, like, okay, how do I feel now that I've woken up? How do I feel now that I've eaten a meal? How do I feel on this workout? If you are trying to get pregnant or you are pregnant, you know, we don't, you don't want to be at the end of a workout, right. And have no energy left. You, you should feel good and you should feel energized. Mm-hmm. We don't want to deplete our, deplete our energy. So that's something I'm working on. And it's not an easy thing because that's just who we are as women is we go, go, go. And, you know, we, we have like, we're able to get through those mental blocks, but we have to really reel it back in. And that's not an easy thing to do, but I'm right, I'm right there with you, mamas. I'm working on that too. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what might work for one woman might not work for another. Yeah. So, so it's true. all tuning in and seeing what actually works for you. So true. So we, I know, I know you're going to say processed foods for sure, but as far as like, 
you know, maybe some really like the, those, those fertility or pregnancy superfoods, what are, are there things that you're, you know, telling a mom, let's maybe let's increase a little bit of this, or let's switch some of these things out just to really, again, like pack your body full of nutrients so that we're ready for baby. Yeah. So lots of fruits and vegetables. Um, I suggest eating the rainbow. So as women, we, it's an odd time because we spend most of our life trying to watch our weight or, okay, well, I'm going to meal prep for a week and I'll eat the same breakfast every day. And then yes, it's easy. And you know, what, like if you're calorie counting or whatever, then you know what you're getting. But when you're pregnant, you should really be getting a variety of everything so that you don't become depleted in another thing. Um, so some of the pregnancy superfoods that I would say um, is DHA, which helps with building a healthy brain in your baby. Um, so things you can get is like eggs, sardines, beef, seaweed, salmon, and chia seeds. So like healthy fats. Um, another one is choline. It's kind of, it's gaining popularity, but no one really heard about it before. Um, and that also helps with healthy brain development. And that is really high in eggs. So if you don't like eggs, that is kind of hard to get your choline in that way. But eggs are a superfood for that. Um, so you should aim to eat eggs every day okay. if you like them. <laughs> um, and then folate, as everyone heard, everyone knows about folate. Um, so that helps with preventing birth defects, such as neural tube defects and spina bifida. Um, so they can be found in asparagus, lentils, leafy greens, a bunch of stuff. And that brings me to my next point with like folate and folic acid. <laughs> Yes. Um, so folate is the form, the whole form in, that you find in foods. Folic acid is the synthetic form, which you find in prenatals and fortified foods such as pasta, breads, and cereals. Okay. So you have to be careful with that because there is, it's called MTHFR. It's a gene mutation. Okay. Yeah. So actually, I don't, I can't remember the percentage of women that have it, but it's a pretty high percentage of women that actually have it. Really? So Yes. So if you have it, it, your body actually can't convert folic acid to folate. So essentially if your prenatal has folic acid, you're not really absorbing it. So you still could have those potential birth defects. Sure. Um, so I recommend getting your folate from foods or actually there's a lot of high quality prenatal vitamins that contain folate instead of folic acid. So that's what I'm on. That's what I recommend to all my clients and stuff like that, just because then yeah. you can go to the doctor and get a blood test to see if you have that gene mutation, but just to cover your bases, why yeah. not? Just yeah. Get the, Shouldn't hurt anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so those are the pregnancy superfoods, I would say. Okay. Um, and then we can talk about like fertility superfoods after if you want. Okay. Let's talk about it. I want to hear it. <laughs> so fertility superfoods, um, so they're different obviously you still want to be eating the foods that are good in pregnancy for fertility. Sure. Um, but there's actually some supplements that I did take. And I know a lot of women that do take them. Um, so some of them are like maca, yeah. which it balances your hormones, increases your egg health. Um, if your husband takes it, it can increase his sperm count and sperm health. And also if your body is low in progesterone, it um, will bump up those stores. So that's really good. Royal jelly, which also increases your egg health and your fertility red raspberry leaf tea. So you can take that before you're pregnant. Um, it supports and, tone, and tones your uterus. You can also take that. I'm actually taking it right now to prep for um, labor. Yeah. Around like 30, 35 weeks, or I think 33 weeks I started taking it. 
but they suggest not taking it in the first trimester. Some some women say they take it in the second trimester. It's definitely controversial. Played, yes. Yeah. I just played it safe and started in the third trimester once my doctor said it was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but those are fertility superfoods that it, once you do get pregnant, you shouldn't, you should stop taking those, but I definitely took them and I don't know if it helped, but sure. it obviously couldn't yes. hurt. You throw all those things at it. Yeah, for sure. I get that. Um, You know, so in the last several months, I've obviously just been doing all the research and trying to prepare my body in different ways to A, recover from the miscarriages, but also try to make sure that the next one sticks. And I was looking into raspberry leaf tea, which I I knew about my prior pregnancy to prepare for labor. But what I was interesting is I was looking into it. It can help. uh, It can help you that uterine lining. So it can help kind of prep, of course, the uterus for potential implantation. So I was looking at it prior, uh, or, you know, getting into this conception and I found, cause I'm not a big tea drinker. I never have been, I wish I would be, or I wish that I was, but I'm not. So I looked for other forms and I actually found a, actually found a tincture. Like I found a, um, oh, really? yeah. So just yeah. for anybody who might be like me, <laughs> I love my I coffee. Love my I don't yeah. love my tea. I would drink it. You yeah. know, obviously that was my only option I would, but I did find yeah. that. Yeah. I was on Amazon. Anyway, so for anybody that, and I want to ask you, is maca, is that, a, is that technically an adaptogen too? Am I, do I have those categories, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of, I know that, you know, superfood shakes are a really big deal. When I was, a, when I was a wellness coach, our, our, you know, our, our shake, our superfood shake had maca in it. Uh, and so most likely you'll, if you guys are looking for a source of that, I, it seems like you can probably find some that probably have that included. I think also the, the, your super, I don't know if you've heard of that yet or super is like, I think there's somewhat of a newer company. They've just come out with these really incredible powder superfoods. So smoothies, shakes, all sorts of recipes. This lady is really incredible. Actually, she came up with all these after her, her boyfriend, he was 24 and he he ended up getting cancer. And so they were trying to, you know, just aid in his health. Yeah. Yeah. And so she developed all these, but they now have a moon balance. And I'm pretty sure that it, I think it has maca in it. We'll have to double check. Um, But anyway, I said, really, I just started using it. Yes. It's called your super. Your super. I just bought a pack like a couple weeks ago. I got a a little bundle and I'm really, really, I'm really loving it. And I'm actually giving it to Miles too. He seems to, not the moon balance, but some of the other ones. And he really seems to like it. (laughs) We're not going to prepare him for production. (laughs) He doesn't need any of that. Anyway. Okay. I love all those. I want to ask about liver. I feel like liver is always one of those like fertility foods. It's always talked about, but it's the one that everybody is like, Oh, I don't know. Not everybody loves liver. It is also controversial. Some say don't have it. Some say do really, um, just because, well, it just because the vitamin A. Okay. But my pro like, so that's the thing with the Canada food guide and my program, my program advocates for it. And they say, yes, absolutely. Okay. In moderation. And I was the one to, I don't like the taste of it. It's kind of gross. Yeah. But if you mince it up, I found if you mince it up and put it in, say, like spaghetti sauce, you can't even taste it if it's with another ground meat. Okay. Kind of hide, hide those things in certain ways. (laughs) I love it. I love that you made that suggestion. That was my next thing is like, how do we cook this thing? Um, yeah. So I'm seeing in, in, uh, in, uh, I suppose an oriental medicine doctor and acupuncturist. And we're talking about, I'm finding that my, my hemoglobin, my red blood cell count, and my iron in general kind of low. And so I yeah. am a mostly plant-based eater, although I do like mm-hmm. eggs and fish. Um, 
And I ate a lot of venison when we lived in Kodiak, but after getting to Florida, we just haven't been buying meat. And he just, he's been, he's been asking me to take my, to take my, yeah, to, to up it to like three times a week. But he also mentioned liver and then of course bone marrow. So I'm making some, you know, homemade broth and things like that. But the liver is always like, like, (laughs) I don't know, but I love that idea. That's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. You kind of, yeah, just hide things in just like, if you have a kid that's a picky eater, same with aversions. Sure. If you, if you are aver- like for one, I don't know what, what type of food group, but vegetables, some people, if you have an aversion to that, put it in your pasta sauce or put it in your smoothies and hide it like you would for a picky eater of a kid. <laughs> no, yeah, it's but a yeah, great idea. Right. Mask it, right? <laughs> yeah, Mask 100%. it. It's interesting yeah. you brought the vegetables up and I don't know if we, we talked about this last time, but so when I was pregnant with Miles, the only aversion I ever had was through all the way through the first trimester, a little bit into the second, I could not eat raw vegetables or salads. And I would really? have one on the daily before he was, before yeah. I got pregnant. I'm telling you, I would look at it the think the thought of it and it would just make me sick. Now, what I'm finding that I think is really interesting um, in my research in Eastern medicine, and of course, just my whole journey and conception with the miscarriages is that um, because I am lacking rest because I need more rest. And so I'm trying to conserve my energy. One of the things it says is for people who kind of are in that category, their digestive tracts can be weak. And so raw vegetables and raw fruits sometimes are way more, they're harder for our bodies to digest. We just, you know, if you have a weaker digestive tract, so it takes more energy. And I thought that was so incredibly interesting because that makes total sense now that you know, I am who I am. I've always been, I've always lacked iron. Like those are the things. So I'm, I think that even though I'm finding these symptoms now, I think I've always been dealing with them. I just never under, I just never knew. And so when I look back at like kind of some of those trends, I think that's really incredible. So he, but but as I'm talking to the acupuncturist, he's been telling me that in general, that, you know, it's easier for anybody, even if they have strong digestive tracts, but for women, if we're trying to conserve our energy, that, that cooked, that cooked vegetables are actually potentially, you know, easier and maybe better for you, especially if you're dealing with aversions. And I just thought that was, Mm -hmm. that was interesting. So maybe if you're having the same issue I did, maybe try just to throw them in the oven or. Yeah. And it's crazy how we don't give our body enough credit because our bodies are super smart. So if odds are, if you're having an aversion to a certain type of food group, it's your body, like your body's way of telling you that that's not what it needs, or you need to cook it in a different form or whatever. Just like with, um, cravings, there's some women that crave certain things. Like my grandma actually was telling me when she was pregnant many years ago, um, she would crave dirt. So like on potatoes. Yeah. So it's a common thing, like stuff, like there's women that crave, like crave like laundry soap or dirt or non-food items. So like she would pick a potato from the garden and like, she didn't want to, she obviously did wash it, but she's like, I didn't want to wash it. Yeah. But that means you're, de- you're nutrient deficient in some vitamins. Sure. So your body, it's crazy how, act, how smart your body is just like you're pregnant and your body knows what to do to grow a baby. You yeah. know, your body knows what yeah. to do in labor. So your body knows your body's telling you something. You may take it as, oh, well, this is a pet. This is a pain because I'm not craving my cert or I have aversions to my favorite foods that I loved before. Your body's telling yourself, telling you something, whether it's, you just need to kind of work with your body and figure that out. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Like it our is. bodies are incredible. <laughs> I, that's like my favorite yeah. pregnancy is miraculous. Like, <laughs> like 
you really think, wait until you have that baby and then you're going to be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're going to look at this little being on the bed and you're going to go, that was in my stomach. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Pregnancy, our bodies, man. God did a really great job. Um, okay. So what are your, so cooking vegetables in different ways, but do you have any other suggestions for women who are having a really hard time eating anything? Let's say they're dealing with like morning sickness on the, like an extreme level. How do you, how do you coach a woman through that? Um, so if it's like super extreme and they can't keep anything down, um, I would always recommend going to their doctor because there is medication. I know that you don't really want to put a bunch of medication in your body, but if you like, if you can't physically eat anything, you need to get that under control. Um, a lot of things are just like bland foods. What worked for me is like more carb heavy foods, crackers, breads, and stuff like that. Make sure you get your fluids in lots of times. If you're just dehydrated a bit, um, it'll make you feel nauseous. Bone broths and soups are good because they're full of, full of vitamins and minerals, but then you're still getting your fluid in also eating frequently. Like I said before, as soon as I would feel a little bit hungry, I'd feel nauseous. So sure. make sure you're always eating and have your snacks around the house and yeah, I in your that. purse when you're out. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit to the time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That makes 100%. sense. Yeah. Okay. I want to have big meals because then that may make you feel more nauseous. So just like yeah. snacking here and there. Okay. So we just established that cravings a lot of times or aversions are going to be either you're lacking something or, or um, your body's telling you, of course, that you are, you're needing something. So what is your suggestion for cravings? What is your guidance around cravings? Well, a lot of it is changing your mindset because with cravings, a lot of women just be like, oh, I'm pregnant. It's okay. Like I'm craving ice cream for the fifth time. And I think you need to be smart about it. But like if if you're craving ice cream, try and make a healthier version, have some frozen fruit. Um, I actually have this thing. It's called Yo Nana's. My sister got it for me for our wedding present. Um, So it, you should get it for miles actually. Um, So it, you put frozen fruit in it and it makes like just like sorbet, I guess, but without the sugar, it's just literally frozen fruit. Wow. And it's awesome. Okay. It's awesome. It's like a food so processor. Um, not really. So it's like this little machine and it's got just like a blade and it just like doesn't grind it up. Um, but it just makes it like ice cream consistency, but there's okay. literally nothing in it, but the frozen fruit. Cool. Yeah. So things like that. Um, I told you before, like if you're craving something sweet, try eating a pickle. <laughs> I think that, I I, yes, I love that. I think that's so great. And most, and so funny, right? Because a lot of women, that's like a running joke that a lot of pregnant women crave pickles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pickles and ice cream. Um, so there's things like that. Just make healthier alternatives. Obviously you still want to enjoy your pregnancy and you don't want to be like, no, I can't eat any of this. Cause you still want to enjoy it. So if you really want ice cream, then go get the ice cream, sure. but try and make conscious decisions and don't think of it as, oh, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of women. Trying to get out of that mentality. Sure. Yeah, we are living in a world right now. People are we're just so creative with food. I mean, like mm-hmm. I remember when I first saw uh, like chickpea cookie dough when I was like in college on Pinterest. What? This mm-hmm. is genius and it's delicious. You go on Pinterest and you're looking for healthy, healthy desserts, and you can find so many really, really easy mm-hmm. things. And I so there's really no excuse anymore. <laughs> There's yeah. really no excuse anymore. And I love ice cream as much as the next lady, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. And, and, you know, like you, we, we want to protect our, the, the babies and their growth, but man, like, why not? Let's especially, let's just say like some of the, some of the 
the changes that you're making in pregnancy are different than what you did pre-pregnancy. Like why not really get into these habits now that you can take with you? And cause you know, you're going to get to the point after the baby's here and after the baby's done breastfeeding or whatever, and moving on to solids, you're realizing that now it's up to you to teach them how to eat and mm-hmm. you're leading by example. So I'm really passionate yeah, about, about that as well. Yeah. 100%. Okay. So we went over some of the superfoods, but when you become pregnant, there are, there are vitamins and minerals that you kind of naturally sometimes lack in, right? Like maybe you just, your body isn't producing as much of like, don't your iron levels typically drop a little bit. So let's talk about some of those yeah. and how we can handle them. So iron. Yeah. Cause your body is producing more blood to carry oxygen to the baby. Um, so I'm actually deficient in it as well. So they put me, my doctor put me on a supplement for iron, Okay. but yeah, red meat. And I'm surprised that I'm deficient in iron because me and my husband are hunters. So all we eat is red meat, Sure. <laughs> we eat wild game all the time, but I'm still deficient in it. So it's kind of just working with your doctor and your blood level or your get blood, blood tests to see what you are deficient in. But yeah, one of the big ones, like I said before, is choline. Lots okay. of lots of women don't even think okay. to even hear about it, but eggs are are a big one for that. Can you take a supplement for that without getting it through eggs? Like if you're like a if you like really hate eggs. <laughs> yeah, so there actually is in the higher quality vitamins that have folate in it. Generally, they will have choline as well. Okay. Some of the lower end ones that aren't as sure. good, they don't have it because choline, like I said, it's gaining popularity. Okay. Um, but before it was kind of like one of the hidden things no one thought about, but there are more supplements that do contain it Okay. Or prenatal vitamins. That do okay. All right. So what about we, this kind of like leads into like the conversation we were having around the cravings. Like, you know, everybody says when you get pregnant, just, you just, and you know, you get those cravings. You just, you think you can just eat, kind of eat whatever you want. It's just a, like a running joke. Um, however, I also think we hear a lot when you're pregnant, like, well, you're eating for two, like, it's okay. You're eating for two, but you really don't need that many more calories when you're pregnant. So what do you actually need? Like how much more do you actually need while you're pregnant? So in the first trimester, you don't need any extra calories. Okay. Um, In the second trimester, you need to increase your calories by about 350. And then in the third trimester, about 450. So not that much. That's like an extra snack or two snacks or whatever in a day. But yeah, the whole eating for two is, I'd like to get out of that mentality as well, just because it's not healthy for you or baby because you and the baby will gain extra weight. And yeah, but lots of, lots of women just, oh, I'm eating for two or it's for the baby. (laughs) But you should really think about changing your mindset to nourishing the baby, not just using it as an excuse. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I always went with the mindset then of, um, and I think that's why the, again, the small meals are good. It's like you eat when you're hungry, but you know, be yes. mindful of when you're eating, when you feel full and you're going to be hungry probably again in like another hour and a half, two hours. So go ahead and eat again. Um, just keep mm-hmm. them, keep them small. That was kind of always my, my go-to is like, I'm not even going to worry about trying to think about what more I need. I'm just gonna, if I feel hungry, I'm going to eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your body will tell you. And if, if you're needing more and that baby wants more, then you're going to eat more, but yeah, just get it from good sources. And like, by no means you should be calorie counting and yeah, like strict meal planning when you're pregnant. Yeah. That's not Who realistic. Who wants to do that? Yeah. Ever. When you're hungry, hungry. <laughs> eat. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm hungry all the time. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm always snacking. I'm always eating, but it's not like I'm eating a half a banana here or some nuts here. Like, it's not just like, yeah, a huge bowl of pasta or whatever. Yeah. 
Okay. I have to know what has, what has been your biggest craving? Have you had any versions? I haven't really had that many. Nice. I was the same way. In in the first trimester, I like, I really liked cereal, like mini wheats and Cheerios, but I was waiting for it. I wanted to like, be like, tell my husband, like, we need to go to the store. I need this right now. And I was waiting for it. And like my, I know my sister said she craved milk really bad. And then it was at the start of the pandemic when she one time went into three different stores because and they didn't have milk. And I was like, that's horrible. But I was like, I want to experience one of those cravings yeah. just to see what it's like. Yeah. yeah, I haven't really had something. Like I crave ice cream and chocolate on the daily anyway. Sure. So yeah. that's not. <laughs> yeah. Cereal, I guess, could have been a craving, but it wasn't yeah. anything crazy. That's so, it's super funny that you say that because I don't remember having any cravings at all either. Like you said, I'm a sweet, I like love a huge sweet tooth. And so definitely, yeah. but it and maybe a little bit more than normal, but that was probably just hormones and like, just, you know, who knows, but yeah. Um, the last month of my pregnancy, I ate, I, we just, we really never kept cereal in our house, but I was eating cereal and I was eating a a big bowl of cereal. Like I remember my <laughs> husband making a comment at me one time, like, is that for me? Like, no, <laughs> buzz off. Like, don't yeah. judge it. Um, oh man. Yeah. yeah. That, that was so good in the end. That's so funny. That commonality. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I think would be kind of fun is I did put a prompt out in the, in the mama inspired the collective Facebook group letting them know I was, I didn't tell them who yet because I wanted to keep it a surprise. I'll reveal it when we air it. But I wanted to let them know that I was going to be speaking with a prenatal nutritionist. And if they had any questions and I got a few. So if you're up for it, I would love to go through them. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So Kelly Kendall asks, she wants to know animal product versus not. So cow's milk versus nut milk or some kind of pea protein. You have any, uh, you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think it all comes down to preference. Also, if your body can digest it or not. Um, so lots of women can't drink milk, um, cause the lactose in it. So if that's the case, the nut milks are totally fine. Um, some women just prefer nut milks or coconut milks. Um, personally I drink cow's milk. Um, but when I do, I buy organic so that it doesn't contain antibiotics Oh, and another interesting thing is a lot of women who are lactose intolerant before they're pregnant, they'll find that their body can tolerate lactose when they are pregnant. It's a weird phenomenon, but so it's all depends on how your body reacts to things and your preference. Both have vitamins and minerals, both have their pluses and minuses. Sure. Um, So I would just say it comes down to preference and how your body digests. I think it's a great answer. That's one of, that is like such a, (laughs) that, that question is, um, yeah, it really, really does come down to preference. There's so many variables there that can steer you one way or the other. When I was pregnant, I drank a glass of milk, of cow's milk every single night. Like that was kind of what I mm-hmm. capped myself. It just, I think yeah. it did help a little bit with like um, indigestion and laying down and things. And so milk always helped me with that. But I found afterwards, it didn't bother miles or anything in breastfeeding, but I started to notice that when I started kind of pulling away from milk and dairy and things that I had less inflammation and my stomach handled it better. And so I just have naturally kind of weeded it. I haven't drank milk in forever and I love milk. Like I miss it. And I, you know, Mm -hmm. if I really want it, I suppose I'll drink it. But 
it's interesting. I, and I don't know if I was technically that way before I had miles or if it flip-flopped after, after pregnancy, who knows? <laughs> like, Yeah. hundred percent. I also drink, I feel like I drink more milk now that I am pregnant. Um, same with my sister. She craved milk. Whereas before I would have it maybe with cereal and stuff like that, but now I'll have like a glass of milk. I, my favorite thing is I like coconut milk. Yeah. I think it's creamy. I think it's sweet. Um, so one thing me and my husband like to do is we get like a cup of frozen blueberries and he uses cow's milk and then I use coconut milk and then it like freezes the milk a bit. It's kind of like a blueberry slushy. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Wait, are you talking canned coconut milk? Are you talking like from the refrigerated section? Both. I've used both. So I use the one that's just in the, in the fridge section for that. Um, but when I make like chia seed pudding, okay. I've used the canned stuff because it's more, there's more fat content and it just makes it creamier, but both are okay. totally. Okay. I like, yeah. Cool. I've never actually mm-hmm. just tried canned coconut milk before, but I use it a lot in cooking. You know, I'm a huge fan of coconut in general, anything that's like slightly flavored coconut I'm in. I know me too. <laughs> so Megan Stouffer, um, she wants to talk about, well, we already covered this folic acid versus folate. So we've already got a couple of women on here who are actually mentioning MTHFR. That's awesome. Yeah. We knocked that one out for you already, ladies. Okay. So Soraya, Soraya Davis, she wants to talk about caffeine and we haven't hit on this yet. Mm-hmm. Caffeine. So Doctor that says it's fine a, now. Yeah. So that's also another controversial, depends who you talk to. Um, so the recommendations are under 200 milligrams. So I think that's like one or two cups of coffee, depending. I personally don't drink caf- coffee. I love the taste of coffee, but I drink decaf just because it gives me a caffeine headache when I stop drinking it. I get okay. addicted to it really quick. But if you're an avid coffee drinker, then under 200 milligrams is acceptable according to the doctors. But keep in mind that it does cross the placenta. So I suggest avoiding it when all possible, just because if it gives you that the jitters or sure. it gives you that increase in energy, what is it doing to your baby? Because your baby's so small and growing and all these things, Right. So personally, I recommend to just avoid it at all costs if you can, but the guidelines are 200 milligrams a day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that 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 all makes sense. And I also think it might be important to potentially point out just as factors of you considering it or thinking about if you are going to, I drink coffee. I only drink a cup um, in the morning. Yeah. Um, But you know, when I've talked to actually this Eastern medicine doctor the other concern aside from caffeine reaching the placenta is, um, you know, that it, like you said, it does give you like maybe the jitters, it gives you maybe like a false sense of energy and you really want to be paying attention mm-hmm. to your energy levels when you're pregnant, make sure you're resting when you need to. So if you're going to do that, you just need to be aware of it. And then I think the other thing is it's, um, I don't know if I'm using the right term here. I don't think diuretic is the right term. It, 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 it can it is dehydrate. Right. It is, is that right? right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you want to drink like at least a couple more cups of water afterwards, right? Just to make sure that you're yeah. Better options are herbal teas and stuff like that. But some women, they just can't give up coffee and that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, I can't speak on that because I've never really drank it daily. I sure. love the taste of it and like caf- like coffee flavored ice cream and coffee flavored stuff. I love the taste of it. But yeah, it does cross the placenta and sure. It is a diuretic as well. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what about water? Water obviously is incredibly important when you're pregnant. So I suggest drinking at least half your body weight in ounces a day. And obviously as you are gaining weight, that's going to increase. Um, A good rule of thumb is to see the color of your urine. It should be yellow, like very, very pale yellow or colorless. Um, So that's kind of a good 
a good telltale sign. Um, lots of women, you're already going to be going to the bathroom a lot. So might as well just get used to it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. true. It's so but yeah, true. I would suggest about half, about half your body weight in ounces a day. Um, that can also come, it doesn't have to be from water. That can be from fresh fruit juices, soups, um, stuff like that. Okay. It doesn't all have to just be just from water. Okay. Just fluid, fluid that right. has water in it. <laughs> okay. All right. That's good to yeah. know. Not a lot of people like water. Like there's, there are those people that are like, I don't like drinking water, <laughs> which is yeah. a challenge. I'm sure. Um, yeah. okay. and then they can I infuse have... it with fruit and stuff. Oh yeah. That's a good idea. I always, I, I know that's something you can do, but I always, I always forget about that. It's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Mints yeah. and cucumbers and fruits. It's a great idea. Mm, that sounds yeah, amazing. Cucumber water. I really like cucumber water. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Especially in Florida. <laughs> it would have been perfect this summer. I'll have to remember that. Yeah. So I have a little bit of a trick for drinking water. I want to know, do you give any, do you have any like specific tips or tricks besides the flavored water? I just want to know. Um, just always have water with you. Yeah. There's those like blinking water bottles. If you, if you don't drink, I drink, I personally have always drank enough water bottle or enough water. Um, so, but yeah, I think always just keeping water with you. If you actually like become thirsty, that generally means that you're dehydrated. So try and avoid getting thirsty also drinking before your meals, drinking like a half a glass of water. And then that's a good way to get, get a bunch of water in before, okay. before you eat and stuff. That'll help with overeating too, huh? Because it'll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the things, and I actually didn't start doing this until I was pregnant and I found it incredibly valuable in the months following. But so I know we all carry around like usually water bottles or thing, but I have found that water bottles with a straw. Mm-hmm. have helped me immensely. I mean, I, it yeah. go, I literally changes my intake drastically if I have something with a straw versus not. Now I've gotten better over time, but the one thing I want to pass along to you is that when you have that baby, it is so like, you know, they give you those cups in the hospital that have the straw in them. I, we took that hideous thing home and I drank it for like a month straight until my husband came home with like a really awesome, like Mason jar thing with like a, a straw in it. But having something that you can just like lean over and take a drink of while you've got like baby on the boob and, you know, like you're a mess. I don't know. I mm-hmm. when, when I talk to women about preparing for baby, like have a drink with a straw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've actually, I've, I've heard that too, that you drink more water when you have a straw for whatever reason. I'm not sure why, but yeah. I mean, I think it kind of makes sense, right? When you go to take a sip, I mean- it's a lot less work, I suppose, right? Like you're getting, maybe you're able to intake so much more, just, I don't know. It just seems easier. I mean, I think about other things that maybe, maybe? sure. Yeah. No, I think that's, that makes, that makes all the sense. Is there anything else we haven't covered that you really want to make sure we we talk about? Um, another myth that. Oh yes. Yes. Debunking. Let's debunk a myth. (laughs) Yes. So we debunked the eating for two. Yes. Um, but the other one is that a prenatal vitamin covers all your nutritional needs. That is a big misconception because when you go, like I said, when you go to the doctors, they say, oh, are you taking a prenatal vitamin? They don't look to see the ingredients. They don't, they just want to know that you're taking a prenatal vitamin. Yeah. Not all prenatals are equal and you should definitely be getting those nutrients from your food. You should think of your prenatal as an insurance plan, more or less. And if you're lacking something one day, your prenatal can pick that up, but it should definitely not have all your nutritional needs. I love that. Mine just from your prenatal vitamin. I think that's really great. Yeah, that makes total sense. 
I think, yeah, such a, such an important piece that it plays, but it's not all of it. Yeah. So, um, what I'm sure a lot of women are going to be somewhat aware of this. At least I know that women here, because if they're pregnant, they get that pamphlet, but I mean, I remember digging into all this at the very beginning and some of it was surprising to me. So what are the, what are the foods? What are the things that we, we need to stay steer, steer clear of when we're pregnant? So, um, one of the big ones is the fish that are higher in mercury. So there's examples would be like king mackerel, albacore tuna, um, marlin, shark, swordfish, tilefish. Um, so the bigger rule of thumb, the bigger the fish and like the older they are, the more mercury they have in it. So like a big tuna would have more mercury. So that doesn't mean you can't have tuna because I definitely, I like tuna. It's easy. So when you buy tuna, look for skipjack tuna or light tuna in water. Um, okay. so those, those are less, you don't want to eat it all the time, but those are totally fine for like three or six ounces a week. Okay. Another is raw shellfish. You would like, you should avoid unpasteurized dairy. So that is another controversial thing. Yeah. Cause in Canada, we actually can't buy raw milk, but in some States, I know you can. Yeah. Um, my program says do drink it. Um, but everything here says we, we can't even buy it. So yeah, everything's pasteurized. So then that like with the soft cheeses and stuff like that, like they say they should be avoided. Well, in Canada, everything's pasteurized, including the eggs. So okay. I eat them and I like that. I think it's totally fine. Um, another one would be obviously highly processed foods, um, refined sugars, alcohol and drugs, kind of a no brainer, but some people <laughs> who knows, um, raw meats. Um, another one is unwashed produce. So you have to be careful, especially now. I think more people are conscious about coming home and washing their groceries and stuff like that. But when I come home from a grocery shop, I wash all my fruits and vegetables before I even put them in the fridge. So then it's just, and you can just grab it and go. Cause you don't know who touched that or where yeah. that apple came from. And then that's another thing. Like if you get a pre-made salad or the pre-cut pineapples or whatever at the grocery store, you don't know who touched that. So those are higher chance of having bacteria on them. Okay. Um, the caffeine, it's not total avoidance, but we'd already talked about that. Unheated deli meats. So people, as soon as they get pregnant, they're like, Oh, I just want a sandwich. Well, just heat your deli meat up. Or okay. if you, if you have um, salamis and stuff like that, that's better. Just because they're cured? Because they're cured? Okay. Yeah. And still, you shouldn't eat a lot of them because they've got nitrates in them. Okay. Um, But still, if you're craving a sandwich, go get a sandwich. Like, you can just heat it up, right? Okay. Um, And then, yeah, hydrogenated oils like margarines, canola oil, all that stuff. Okay. All right. (laughs) Those are are good. There's a few in there that – so, like, the soft cheeses thing, there's so – yeah, you can buy so much of that now that is pasteurized that you don't have to even, like, Mm -hmm. worry about it. Yeah. So if it's pasteurized, then all the bacteria, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still eat it. Yeah. Yes. Brie is amazing. And you can buy Brie that's pasteurized. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the, I feel like that was like one of the biggest things. Like, I feel like I found out like midway through my pregnancy, like, like I could have been eating this stuff before. Like this is all all totally okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's awesome. Well, man, we, I feel like we have just really jam packed a lot of good, good stuff in here. I do want to give you an opportunity to talk about, if you want to talk about the eBooks that you've been working on. Yeah, for sure. So currently I have uh, my nutrition eBook and my home fitness guide eBook. Um, So they're not tailored toward pregnancy yet. Um, I have, I'm updating my prenatal one 
for the nutrition and the fitness. So those will be up on my website shortly. Um, and then after, um, as I'm going through the postpartum stage, I'm going to be making my other one. Cause like I said, I want to talk from experience and what sure. worked for me. Yeah. Um, so I, but I think like, I like eBooks. I've always bought nutrition eBooks or fitness eBooks just because they're less strict. I can't follow a meal plan to save my life. I've had coaches where they give me a grocery list and meal plans and what I need to eat and the exact workouts on which day. Yeah. And that's too overwhelming for me. I don't like that. I like to have some flexibility. Yep. So all my nutrition um, guides just give you the knowledge and the tools that you need to make the right decisions instead of actually like, this is what you need to eat on Monday sure. to Friday. So it tells you how to build your plate and the best new, like where to find these nutrients and that and stuff like that stuff that I've learned over the years that they're kind of no brainers for me now, but looking back, like I've taught, talked to my mom about them and she's like, well, I didn't know that. That's a cool yeah. tip or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it just gives you the, gives you the tools that you can do. And then the um, fitness guides are all at home with minimal equipment. Cause like I said, going to the gym for two hours a day, especially if after for postpartum, when you have a new baby, that's not going to work. Yep. And to have a home gym with a squat rack and everything, that's not going to work. You need to have, do stuff with booty bands and dumbbells and work out with the baby and stuff like that around Speaking the naps, language. Like yes. Yeah, I'm like, so a, those are, yeah. Well, in COVID, I mean, you, if you, oh, if you haven't transitioned to this already, like, um, you've kind of, I mean, if, if you've been keeping up your routine, a lot of us have just had, you've had to do that. If that's what something that was, that was, you know, you prioritized, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, I was actually really <clears throat> thankful. I, I did, I started working out for home before I even became pregnant. It's something that I just really enjoyed. We actually moved, we ended up like moving out of town and so I was farther from a gym and I just wasn't, didn't want to mess with the whole drive back and forth and the shower there and really loved it. But it is incredibly invaluable now that I'm a mom and kind of going back to the conversation we had earlier about, you know, being the example for your child and showing them how to eat and what's healthy and what that, what nutrition means. Same thing. I feel like goes. And these aren't things that I really thought a whole lot until I like was in the living room with miles and he's crawling all over me. And, you know, now when I work out, he goes, work out, work out. And he comes yeah. in there and he likes to pick up the weights. And, um, so anyway, your mind starts churning a little bit about that, but yeah, working out from home is an, an invaluable tool. And going back to your eBooks, I love your approach because I think it keeps you, it helps educate you so that you're knowledgeable, but it keeps you accountable. And you can take it with you. So many problems mm -hmm. with meal plans and the grocery list. It's like, if someone tells you what to do when you don't have that framework hmm. and that so particular guidance, you have a really hard time, like understanding how to fulfill those parameters of those guidelines. If you've never really been taught what it is that you need. And mm -hmm. so I love that. It kind of, it kind of gives you a little bit of a nudge to like, okay, this is, it's time for you to figure this out on your own and mix and match. And I think a lot of that when you're learning new foods and learning to cook new things that you're not used to and you're getting healthy, like it really is all about trying different things and seeing what it is that you like and you love and you'll start getting good at it and you'll start, you know, like switching things up and subbing things out and then it'll become easier, but you literally can't, it's impossible. And I think unless you just get your hands dirty and start, start trying to see what yeah. works for you. Yeah. And with like strict meal plans, it's also 
you're listening to somebody else tell you what you should eat. You're not, well, this is what I'm craving, or this is what, if you're starting to feel sick that, oh, I would like to have some soup or whatever. Um, and you're still in that diet mentality, which is not healthy. Um, I was stuck in it for many years and it's, it's not healthy. So getting out of that and actually seeing when your body's hungry, what it craves and when you're full, not like, oh, okay, I'm allowed half a cup of rice and half a chicken breast and whatever. And then if, even if you're hot or full mid meal, well, I need to get this in cause I need to meet my macros. No, that's not, yeah, that's not eating. That's not fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's not sustainable. I mean, people, yeah. I, there are those people out there actually, but, um, I have, I, I have yeah. a place that they actually just don't like food. <laughs> I think that they, yeah. <laughs> Those people, I'm just like, yeah, you're not my people. Like, you're not a foodie. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that wouldn't that wouldn't work for me. No, no. If you have like chicken salad and everyone's like, oh, it's got mayo in it. That's bad. A teaspoon of mayo is not going to kill you. Sure. Like, <laughs> sure. Yes, so I totally agree. Like that, yeah. Can't be too strict yeah. on ourselves. Cool. So okay. So yeah. the the prenatal, the pregnancy ebooks. You're thinking like by the new year. Yes. I'd like to get them done before baby comes. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so yes, That's a good plan. I'm, I'm, I'm working on updating them. Yeah. I'm working cool. on updating them. I've got four weeks, I think left. Okay. So All I should right. have them before the new year. Yeah. Cool. Well, how can people reach you? <laughs> yeah. So my social media, so happy pineapple nutrition. Um, I've got a Facebook page and Instagram. Um, also my website, www.happypineapplenutrition.com got a blog on there as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, well, I thoroughly enjoyed this. This was awesome. And I'm so excited for you just where you are in life, especially knowing a little bit of your backstory. We're going to have Jade back on another time to, to tell us kind of her, her, her story into motherhood. It makes this current pregnancy and where you are all that much more, I think just special and exciting and, and a blessing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm excited to, I'm excited to hear that story from your mouth and not just from the blog (laughs) and get, get those details and let everybody else hear it. But I am just, I hope that you take these, these few weeks and you know, enjoy it because man, it's, um, the baby, when the baby comes, it's going to change for sure. (laughs) Um, I hate saying that because it's like, that's what everyone says and you're totally right. But I don't know about you, but there was something so magical. I loved being pregnant, especially those last couple of months. It was like you, you just could feel time closing in and you, 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 I don't know, like you're always imagining and fantasizing about this new circle of, you know, a family you're about to have and those memories you're going to make. But I think you also, because you're so aware of that, the time you have with your husband and just being with your baby, like just your bump in your belly. It's just, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just the most incredible thing. So I hope you soak it all up and really enjoy yeah. these last few weeks. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard both sides that the last little bit either flies by or it drags on. Yeah. So <laughs> depending I'm, on feel, I'm feeling all right. I'm not too uncomfortable right now a little bit, but we shall see, but yeah, yeah. I'm definitely enjoying it. I, I, I really enjoy being pregnant actually. Ugh. I feel, I always, my heart hurts so bad for, I have had friends that have just been sick as dogs the whole time. And I just, my heart breaks for him because otherwise yeah. I think it can just be such a beautiful thing, but um, yeah, well, good. I'm so glad you're feeling good. And I think I speak <laughs> for all the mamas, all the, all the mamas who have been through it. You are just up for the most amazing 
amazing trip and um, I'm so excited for you. I'm excited as well. <laughs> all right, babe. Well, um, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes for everybody so they can contact you and know where to get those eBooks when they finally go live in the new year. That'll be a really fun, res- I suppose, resolution slash just gift to yourself if you're on that road to pregnancy. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Jade. And I can't wait to have you back on to hear your story. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Take care. I'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Hey mamas, before you peace out, if what you just heard inspired you, made you feel like you've got a new BFF or simply reminded you of another mama, please share this episode or the podcast and be sure to tag me if you share it on social. My hope is to touch as many of you as possible and drive this mama-led movement. If you're with me, and I know that you are, please take a minute and leave a review. Hearing from you makes my heart so happy, and your review could encourage another mama in need to hop on this journey with us. So let's make a pact. I'll bring the fire, and in return, you help me strengthen our mama collective so we may together make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. Let's get it, mama.